Hello, I'm Rhonda Nowak for the Mail Tribune and Rosebud Media. This is The Literary Gardener for November 7th, 2019. The topic this time is Hortus Miscellaneous, a fun book that satisfies the gardener's thirst for know-how. Hard science, mud-stained potting shed notes, old wives' tales, folklore and superstition, happenstance and habit have all contributed to a body of knowledge that we gardeners find so compelling. Laureen Edwards Forkner, Hortus Miscellaneous, A Gardener's Hodgepodge of Information and Instruction, 2007. I spent a lot of time lying around last weekend nursing a cold, and I happened to pick out Hortus Miscellaneous from the bookshelf to keep me company. I became so captivated by Forkner's compilation of gardening tidbits that I almost forgot about my stuffy nose and head. In fact, tucked among all the other bits of know-how in the book, I found instructions on how to brew a good cup of herb tea on page 43. I didn't know that all true teas are made from the leaves of Camellia sinensis, a relative of the beautiful camellias I grow in my garden. Herbal teas are actually called tazans. Here are some of my favorite passages from the book. These fascinating facts could very well be the inspiration for gardening columns to come. Horticultural Latin on page 3. The International Code of Nomenclature for Algae, Fungi, and Plants is the official document that spells out formal botanical names. The most recent edition of the ICN was published in June 2018, which replaced earlier editions dating back to 1753, when Carl Linnaeus, known as the father of taxonomy, published his volume, Species Plantarum. According to Forkner, the ICN is not a spoken language, and therefore there are no hard and fast rules to correct pronunciation, regardless of what snobbish plant people may imply. What a relief! Testing seed viability on page 4. I have a container full of leftover seed packets that I can't bear to throw out. Forkner suggests these steps to estimate germination. 1. Place 10 seeds on a damp paper towel sealed in a plastic bag. 2. Put the bag in a warm, sunny spot and watch for germination. 3. Multiply the number of germinated seeds by 10 to gain a viability percentage. Greater than 70%? So is directed. 40 to 60%? So more heavily than indicated on the seed package. And less than 40%? Replace those seeds with a fresh package. How to moss your pots on page 9. If you like the look of mossy plant containers for your garden, here's how to create them with new terracotta pots. Paint the outside of the pot with yogurt, buttermilk, or beer, all of which contain live cultures. Then rub the pot with living soil, not sterile potting soil, and set it in a damp, shady place for several weeks. Dancing Bees on page 19. We all know bees have a stupendous number of skills, but did you know they are talented dancers, too? Forkner informs us that scout bees communicate the location of a food source to other bees in the hive by performing different dance moves, circles if the food is nearby, and figure eight patterns if the food is farther away. The other bees gather around and imitate the movements in order to internalize the location, similar to the way we repeat a number over and over to remember it. Nighttime scented and blooming plants on page 41. 
I love the way white flowers shine in the moonlight, and apparently so do moths and other nocturnal pollinators. Here are some white flowers that emit their rich fragrance at nighttime. Be careful, though, as some of these plants are poisonous. Datura, evening primrose, evening-scented stalk, flowering tobacco, honeysuckle, moonflower, and night-scented phlox. On page 85, there's also an extensive list of the plants in Vita Sackville West's famous white garden at Sissinghurst Castle in England. Slug Be Gone Vanishing Spray on page 50. Combine one and a half cups ammonia with one and a half cups water in a one quart spray bottle. Apply early in the season when slugs first appear. The solution kills slugs and breaks down into a form of nitrogen that benefits plants. On page 55 or 51, Forkner tells us that plants deficient in nitrogen will often have yellowed leaves and stunted growth. Symptoms of a phosphorus deficiency include red or purple tint to the leaves along with stunted growth, whereas yellow leaf tips and margins that turn brown are symptomatic of a deficiency of potassium. Good to know on page 89. Parsley has a long history of use as an antidote to poison. When warring factions came together to eat a meal, a sprig of parsley was placed on the plate to indicate that poison was not intentionally added to the food, similar to the pirate's parlay. Cubic yard coverage on page 91. One cubic yard of landscaping material covers 324 square feet, one inch deep, 162 square feet, 2 inches deep, 108 square feet, 3 inches deep, 81 square feet, 4 inches deep, and finally 54 square feet for 5 inches deep. Degrees of, sh degrees of Shade on page 124. When considering planting a shade garden, it's helpful to know Partial shade means plants are exposed to direct sun for part of the day and are shaded for at least half of the day. Filtered or dappled shade means sunlight passes through a tree canopy to form patterns of light and shade. This is the best conditions for most shade plants. Light or open shade is a bright, even shade in an open garden that has tall trees or buildings nearby. Full and deep sh or deep shade has little to no direct sunlight, as in a dense woodland. This is the most difficult environment for most shade plants to thrive in. Millennium Seed Bank on page 132. This international partnership was established in 1996 by the Royal Botanic Gardens at Kew to protect plant species from extinction. The project aims to collect seeds from 75,000 species of plants, which is 25% of the known flora worldwide, by 2020. The seed bank is housed in West Sussex and includes huge underground vaults where the seeds are stored in temperatures of minus 4 degrees Fahrenheit. How to keep house plants watered during an extended absence on page 138. 1. Cut a piece of pantyhose 12 to 18 inches long. 2. Bury one end of the hose in the soil around the plant's root zone. 3. Place the other end of the hose in a container of water placed above the plant so the water will wick down into the soil as the plant needs it.
I could go on and on, but I will leave off where I started with Fortner's explanation of the Latin term officinalis on page 208, the species name given to dozens of garden plants, such as Calendula officinalis, or the pop marigold, and Melissa officinalis, or lemon balm. Nowadays, we use office to mean any place of business, but in medieval times, an officinal was a place where healing herbs were kept. Thus, plants with the epithet officinalis were used for medicinal purposes. Be sure to find a copy of Hortus Miscellaneous and settle in for a fascinating read. Then, gather your gardening friends around and amaze them with how smart you are. And that's it for the Literary Gardener this time. Thanks so much for listening, and happy gardening.